Feel like the everyday chaos is getting to be too much? Head on over to winninggym.com slash BAP and we can help you there. Join our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program for quick wins for your gym. Check it out. You deserve it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast. All right. Welcome back to the Built to Grow podcast. I am your host, Tim Lyons in studio, joined as always by Randy Angston. What's up, fella? Uh, Via Zoom today. Yep. Special Zoom edition. We're bringing you a special guest all the way from Queensland, Australia. I want you to help me welcome Emmett from MyZone, one of the founding partners. How are you today, Emmett? I'm good. Thanks, Tim. And g'day to you as well, Randy. Thank you for uh, for dialing me in. Yeah. Got you locked in, man. A little technical difficulties yeah. earlier. I think I, I unplugged it and I lost you guys for a second, but uh, this is the world we're in today. Zoom. Yeah. But uh, yeah, me and uh, me and Emmett go way back. Actually, Emmett, you were here at the at Pulse a long time ago. We had an event here. You came and spoke. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. I've seen you several times at many of the conferences and we had dinner in uh, Chicago, which was amazing. Had some whiskey. I got I've him. Seen really good I've seen that picture. Yeah, Randy, I got him drinking some Eagle yeah. Rare. I don't have any Eagle Rare. You can't see this, Emmett, but I got a cart full of booze next to me. This is a, this could be a problem next to me if we... Uh... Hey, it's 7 o'clock in the morning here and I'm already eyeing it up. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Emmett and MyZone are one of our Growth Summit sponsors and we're excited to have you guys there. I think Ron's going to be out, maybe... Maybe not. I don't know. Yes, and uh, and Becca as well. Becca's coming out. So, guys, if you're yep. coming to the Growth Summit, I know a lot of you are. Be sure to stop by and uh, speak to the the peeps over at uh, MyZone. They got a lot of uh, cool stuff to share. And you guys really, you've come out with, with just in the last few months with some big upgrades. But before we get to that, one, let's tell everybody if you haven't heard about MyZone, which I'm sure if you haven't, you've been living under a rock at this point. Why don't you give uh, Emma? Why don't you give everybody a quick breakdown on, on what uh, my zone is? Oh, geez, that's a lovely tee up. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll stop in about twenty five minutes. If <laughs> only, only joking. Yeah. Only joking. In in, in thirty seconds flat, um, we're a wearable technology platform that's been designed specifically for the health and fitness industry. So even though there are Apple watches and Fitbit and all these other wearable devices out there in the marketplace. There's no other wearable that's been designed with the club operator and his and her audience uh, in mind. Uh, the reason we track heart rate is because it's an accurate measure of the effort that gym members put into to exercise. The reason that we have the big uh, telemetry display, the big colorful TV inside the gym is to give real-time feedback. Uh, the reason we have a cloud with a smartphone app and leaderboards and status ranking um, is to provide a sense of progress and achievement. Uh, because at the end of the day, that's what motivates people. When they feel like they're making progress to an outcome, um, they they uh, experience dopamine in the brain. And, and we can go into that later, but they it, it's a feel-good chemical. And the more they do something that makes them feel good, the more they want to do it again. And we help create uh, habit loops so that members are... Uh, are retained. Um, and more importantly, they sustain their exercise routine to get their end result. That's a great, you know what, that's a great description of the product. I mean, and, and without seeing it, obviously you, everybody's listening to this and I would be, mm. uh, you know, and I could add to that. We've been a MyZone customer. I feel like at least 10 years. Have you been in business 10 years? Well, funny you say that we have just turned 10. It was Ursa, which was March of 20. 11. Congratulations. Um, 10 so, years. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Congrats. Well, probably not Thank 10 you. years, maybe nine years. We've been using you since our last location. We bring it over and, and to be, to, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Yeah. It, it absolutely changes the habits of the people that use it. They, they, they're all about yeah. the maps. They're all about seeing their status. They're all about that, that feedback loop on the phone and checking the board and all that stuff. And that, and it goes a long, long way. So, yeah. so that looks on that point, Tim, the, the, some people are intrinsically motivated, right? Sure. They just love the process of going to the gym. It's, a, it's almost a hobby for them. Um, and those people don't need any encouragement mm-hmm. because it's part of their identity. But most of the members are not like that. Um, most of them are getting into January and thinking, you know what? It's a new year. I need to lose weight. I need to decrease my blood pressure. Really, I need to do some exercise. But 
um, it can be a bit of a chore for them. Um, and they sign up and that's why they quit by St. Patrick's Day. Um, and what we're trying to do is give them a bit of extrinsic um, uh, reward um, to support them and provide that layer of that, that foundational layer to catch them. Um, and at some point, it may become part of their lifestyle and they become intrinsically motivated and they move to another city and, oh, my God, the first thing they do is join a gym because that's what they do. But until then, um, having something like my zone to uh, encourage them and give them those little wins along the way um, is, is key. Absolutely. I would agree to that as well. So uh, you go ahead. Well, just to expand on that, I mean, I love that. We talk about all the time how hard it is to get, to add that layer of motivation across the board because mm. most people aren't just results. Well, results in a measurable, hey, I feel better, my my body, my physique's changing type of thing. Mm. But you know, Tim, we've talked about gamification, you know, gamification. Oh yeah. Um, where you know, point systems. You know, we use my zone as part of that, right? All of these things. To find the different things because not everybody's motivated, like you said, by the same things. That's imperative. Yeah. And that's a whole different layer that isn't really available through just traditional workouts unless you can, you know, show that measurable data. Yeah. I mean, you, you, yeah. Nailed, you nailed it with the habits thing because, yeah, there's some people and I think all of us included, we would get, move to a new city and go join a gym. That'd be the first thing. Yeah. But we're mm -hmm. like the fraction of what's out there. Mm -hmm. And Yes, status and changing habits. So we we've layered in a Perkville, which is our rewards program that mm -hmm. ties in and integrates right. right in with my zone. They they're yeah. looking for those points. They work harder for the points. They want the hundred meps for that workout for the points, yeah. and it's uh, it all ties together, guys. So uh, I mean, I mean, if you if you look at just look at life, right? I mean, look at karate. Karate is all about the different color belts. belts. Yeah, really simple gamification. Look at going through school. Um, look at motivating kids to get them to do their their chores. You put a point system on it and put a reward on it, and all of a sudden you've got their attention. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's just the way we're wired. And as long as you apply it to the right things. So, so let me go back. Um, gamification and uh, habit loops can get quite dark as well. Have a look at social media, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, you know, too much time on a phone have a look at the reward you get from, or some people might get from nicotine or narcotics or alcohol, right? It can go too far yeah. the other side, but what we're doing is we're looking at it saying, look, if you want to get people to brush their teeth, you know, it, it goes the old story from the power of habit. Don't educate them about dental hygiene, put a little bit of citric acid in the toothpaste and, and, and create a tingling feeling. So when they brush their teeth, they feel like they've achieved something immediately after the behavior that makes them feel good. The dopamine's released the brain remembers that that behavior feels good. So when the brain gets triggered again uh, to, to brush teeth, um, there's a little squirt of dopamine that gives them an urge to do it again. And you create the habit of brushing your teeth. That's what we're trying to do with exercise. We're trying to create the tingle in the toothpaste with my zone so that the uh, members are, uh, are motivated and have that urge to go and do it again. Yeah. And there's no question that that, that was that all by design early in the game when you were creating the, the, the whole thing or, or was that, did that come later? Yeah, really, really good question, Tim. Um, I'd like to say that it was a mastermind design, um, but very few businesses are right? yeah. when they get started, you scrap it to get it together. And what happened was um, my business partner, um, and group CEO Dave Wright, who's based in the UK, he came across um, heart rate technology, right? Uh -huh. And he was experiencing it in a different in a different format, and realised that heart rate with feedback, it just felt good. It was no more scientific than this feels good. It feels good having your calories counted, and over the course of a forty-five minute session you burn more and more calories. And at the end of it, you're like, high five to yourself. That was, that was, I've achieved something, right? Um, and it was that feel-good conversation that, that turned into, well, hang on, how can we do this for the health and fitness industry? And at the time, Fitbit, um, Fitbit were tiny back in 2011. They, they had done $8 million worth of revenue, which is nothing. You know, this year they'll do one point. $6 billion worth wow. of revenue and, and they've been purchased by Google. But 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 back then they were tiny. So it's not like we looked at Fitbit and said, oh, we'll do what you're doing, but we'll do it a little bit differently. We kind of entered the space and then Fitbit started getting loud. Uh, Apple Watch was still five years off. 
Like wow. we, we did not have the Apple Watch in our in our space until about 2016, I think it was. Um, so so no, it wasn't masterminded around the habit loop. It was it was really a gut feel of this makes people feel good. And because we came from the industry, you know, we weren't technologists looking for a market to drop some technology into. We were in the space. We had um, a, a portfolio of gyms. Um, we had a marketing company that was selling over 20,000 gym memberships a year on behalf of other health clubs. Uh, we had a, a sales team of over 100 people selling those memberships. So we totally got the domain. We totally got why people joined. And we would sign them up on a gym membership, but then we saw all the attrition off the back end and we realized that, yeah, yeah, they've got best intentions, but G exercise becomes a chore uh, very quickly. And, and so when that conversation came around, Hey, how can we make them feel good and give them a sense of achievement? We, we didn't know that it was matching the science of, of habit formation. We just knew the shoe fit the foot. Um, and then once we unpacked it, we worked out why. Yeah, that's great. Wow. Well, that that's, I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah, there's iterations along the way. And that's very mm-hmm. interesting that five years after you entered the space, now Apple Watch, you know, which has mm-hmm. taken the, the world by storm again with the kind of the same yeah. technology with some other stuff. Let's mm-hmm. let's talk about that for a second because this is this is a thing right now. Obviously, technology, mm-hmm. you know, when when my mom who doesn't work out is getting an Apple Watch. Mm-hmm they've done something mm-hmm. right. They've got, they've gotten in there somewhere. And I guess my, my biggest question is, do you feel like technology eventually is going to replace the gym itself where people can just go ahead and work out and get the feedback on their watch, work out at the park or at the house? Cause you know, obviously with the, the transition everybody made last year, it's their, you know, home gyms all took off. Where do you feel like mm-hmm. this fits in, in into the fitness space, like into the gym, like the brick and mortars? of the world? Yeah, yeah, really good question. And to pick up on Apple, um, if you look at Apple, Google, and Amazon, right, Mm -hmm. and they are all big tech players in the fitness space, Apple with Apple Watch and now also Apple Fitness Plus, right, they're not mucking around. Google with the acquisition of Fitbit, and it took a while to get through the different um, antitrust issues, but they got through them. And then Amazon with the Halo Band, right, wow. and, um, and 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 some other products there, but but certainly the Halo Band. If you add the market cap of those three companies up, it equals the GDP of Japan, the country. And Japan is the third biggest economy in the world. Holy moly. So if, <laughs> yeah, if you if you think your gym is competing with the five mile or the three mile radius, right, of, of gyms on the corners, well, that's not the case. And and big tech is not necessarily coming in as a direct rival, but it is coming in as a substitute. And uh, uh, I know that you've had Rick on the show uh, a number of times now, uh, Rick Mayo and I both did the same course, right, where we learned about jobs to be done. And he, I know he's shared this yeah. uh, jobs to be done theory far and wide. Um, and, you know, when you ask me that question, that's what comes to mind. Because if you, and and, and let me go back in time now, if you think of the uh, the first gymnasium, right, which were the, the ancient Greeks, right, they were working out during the day and their two drive history shows that the two drivers of um, um, of those workouts was one for warrior fitness, which is functional fitness, and two for vanity. Mm-hmm. Right. So all those years ago, it was functional fitness and vanity. Wow. And here we are in 2021. And guess what? We all want functional oh, fitness, and we also want to look good naked. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and they're the two. You know that they're the two drivers, and they will never go away. <clears throat> what has changed is the way that we we go about it, and certainly uh, technology now has the benefit of um, uh, well, we'll look at look at um, Fitbit. I'll use Fitbit. Fitbit was a pedometer long before it was that that device that went on your yeah. wrist. But they benefited from a catalyst, and the catalyst two things: one, Bluetooth, and two, the cloud. 
because before Bluetooth and the cloud, it was just this little pedometer that you have to manually plug into the side of a computer with a USB and download all the information. So much friction there that no one did it, mm -hmm. right? As soon as it became automatic because of Bluetooth and the cloud and it was all presented, boom, that was the catalyst for growth. And, and if you have a look at technology now with 5G coming in, internet of, uh, of things, um, uh, uh, you know, that technology um, uh, framework has now enabled um, all these other products to do and to address the same job to be done of, hey, I want functional fitness. I want to be able to move and push and lift and play and do what I do. Um, but I also want to look good naked. Um, now, now, you know, so, so with those big players, so we've taken on Japan, right? Not just the gyms in our three-mile radius. Um, you know, we've taken on these big companies. Will they replace us? Well, I would point to COVID, the year of COVID, mm -hmm. right? And we had all these virtual Options, uh, offerings, yeah. whether it was through Zoom or Chris Hemsworth's uh, app or Peloton or whatever it may be, Beyonce, she got involved with Peloton and she's got her own, you know, um, uh, curated tracks for, for that. And there's a lot of hype around it. In fact, Jay-Z, when invested, he invested in Climber, which is the Versa Climber type machine, yeah. that vertical machine for uh, at home. So it was almost the Peloton for VersaClimb, yeah, right? Yeah. So Jay-Z, her husband, is invested in that. So it was all going on last year. But talking to operators around the world, as soon as they open up their doors, there is this pent-up demand of real humans wanting to get back inside a real brick-and-mortar facility yes. and give a real high five. And you know what? I'm sick of doing um, burpees and squats on my kitchen floor, which has got no suspension on it or, or, or no... Uh, um, no comfort on it, and I need to use it. There's no way I'm going to spend sixty thousand dollars or or four hundred and sixty thousand dollars on equipment at my house. Yep. But if I if you tap into the share economy, right, which is becoming a thing, guess what? That's what gyms are. They are. Gyms are the share economy. Come back into the gym. We'll share this hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of equipment. Plus, we'll have instruction. Plus, we'll have community. Plus, we'll have real high fives. I, so I'll land the plane on saying that technology will absolutely be additive to the experience for sure, um, but I don't think it will replace going to the gym at all. Hey guys, as you know, at Built to Grow, we're all about systems and scalability. And that's why I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Semi-Private Pro. Several years ago, I was in our gym looking around and I noticed our coaches were staring at their clipboards, struggling to stay one step ahead of the clients. And I thought, gosh, there has to be a better way. So I tasked Zach, our fitness director, and I said, dude, we got to find a software that would enhance our clients' training experience and increase our coaches' levels of engagement. See, we're all about client experience here. After countless demos, we realized there was literally nothing designed for our training model. So we set on a mission and I said, look, we got to create an app that is designed specifically for semi-private training. And I can tell you guys this firsthand, this is taking our training to new heights and I'm confident it can do the same thing for you. See, with Semi-Private Pro, you can streamline your training system, enhance client engagement and scale like never before without spending hours on programming. To learn more about how you can get started with Semi-Private Pro, head on over to special link here, semiprivatepro.com slash BTG, that's built to grow. So just head on over real quick to semiprivatepro.com slash BTG to check out a demo for yourself. Yeah, and I, I would actually, yeah, I would agree because I mean, when we speak to the client experience, it's a hell of a lot more than a workout. You know what I mean? And I think that technology can replace, it might replace aspects of it. I mean, there's gyms that exist I and mean, we've worked with them you know, in the past, Tim, that essentially wanted to replace the trainer with technology. Mm -hmm. You know right. what I mean? Right. And like, same thing. You're just replacing one of the cogs in a program or an experience. But I think to I Emmett's mean, point, technology has just as much capability of enhancing the experience walking through, you know, into a brick and mortar as it does pulling, you know, the, the couple, the few percentage of people that would rather get those cogs from a, an app or, some sense of tech yeah. and do it on their own. And, and Randy, I was on a call just yesterday. I, I sit on the um, on Ursa's um, industry partner council. So what that is is a board of of vendors, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that the, the vendors are represented to Ursa because they never were. Uh, and since last year, when Ursa 
um, was was discontinued. The, the, the show, this was an initiative that they rolled out. Anyway, um, uh, I was on that call, and uh, there's also another group called the Global Health uh, and Fitness Alliance that I that I sit on. And what we're talking about is coming up with some research to prove to government organisations and the like that gyms are essential. Thank God. You know, that is a lesson that we've learned. And and if you look at gyms, if, and what we're calling this task force is the, the gym um, efficacy task force, right? Great. And so we want to be able to sit there and say, yes, exercise is good, but we don't need to prove that exercise is good. There are so many studies out there proving that exercise leads to good things. What we need to prove is that gyms are good. And gyms have an orchestra of activity, you know, to your point, Randy, an orchestra of activity that mixes together, that includes prescription and support and guidance and, and, and equipment and location and convenience and cleanliness and all these different activities that are going on to produce the outcome. Um, and we need to prove that that is what drives behaviour that gets the community to exercise and it's the exercise that then leads to lower risk of, of COVID. That's um, great. And, and, and many other things. Well, this, this, yeah. this exact topic, and I didn't realize you guys were down the road already doing this. This was like us all looking at each other, like where's our representation yeah. at, you know, mm-hmm. bars and restaurants and these places have mm-hmm. these, I guess, um, not council, but they have like uh, what, liaisons or whatever up in the government yeah. agencies yeah. and they're talking on their behalf. And they ended up yeah. like, I don't know about in Australia, but in the U S there was a, basically a, a gym and bar um, stimulus plan just mm-hmm. for them where gyms got left out. Yeah. Right. I mean, the Restaurant, PPP yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah. It was to say yeah, the gyms act. Yeah. We got, yeah. uh, we got left in the cold. So, so I'm happy to hear that this is happening and yeah, we did. It opened probably yeah. everybody's eyes. Like, wait a minute, how, how are we not? Like how yeah, is that's, that's right. You know? And the irony of that, you know, to your point, how, why is, why is it, why are we standing here today having to prove that fitness is healthy. Mm, is I have the answer. Point. I have the answer to that. Yeah, I already at, no. Well, that that is one of them. The money. He's going the money sign for anybody <laughs> that's listening on the. Yeah. Oh yeah. But we we as an industry are fighting decades and decades of non professionalism at the at the health club level. From mm-hmm. everything from the 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 string tank top trainer to the contracts that people can't get out of to all of the stuff that put a bad taste in everybody's mouth in the in the bro science around fitness and lifting and bodybuilding gave the the market a bad perception of what we really do and what we really do is save lives and yeah. you know they, we're fighting all of that past history of what people think of when they think of a health club or gym they're thinking about the the fanny pack the bodybuilders and the, the bro science mm. around it and, you know, and everything else with the contracts and everything, just kind of like we, we're fighting uphill battle there. So something. Yeah. So. And, and, and also Tim, to, to support Randy's point about the money, you know, we joke about that. Um, absolutely. It's about the money and the other task force. So I'm on the one that's about the efficacy, right? So the effectiveness of, of going to the gym versus working out by yourself, right? That's what I'm on. The other one is around the economic impact, right? We need to prove that there is a positive economic impact from our industry. And uh, that's not only decreased healthcare costs, that's also the people that we employ and the taxes that they pay and the multiplier effect of of that. Um, That's what we need to come together and and get the attention of Capitol Hill or your local government. Yes, dude, great. Yeah, I'm glad to see. I still think that even at that, I mean, that's still gonna put us in a position because of what we, who we're up against, I I, I should say, especially here Mm -hmm. in the States, um, that's bringing a, a very ethical battle to a, a very shady fight, if that makes sense, mm. right? The pockets, yeah. of, of the pockets of the person we're, we're up against are a hell of a lot deeper. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I personally, I mean, I, I think that that's part of the reason why we haven't seen more representation in, uh, you know, in our, our government, I guess, um, because yeah. he- health doesn't pay. Health you know doesn't what pay I mean? the bills. No, it doesn't exactly. Right. We yeah, I, 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 pay immediately. It, well, it well true. No, and, and I'm not saying personally, yeah. I, and, and we yeah. under, we understand that being in this position, but yeah. from, 
from the from those you know making these decisions right it makes a lot more sense for me to be feeding something where i can create somebody who's gonna be dependent on pills for the next you know i'd spend twelve hundred dollars on medication every single month that you know that's reoccurring revenue in a business model it's really hard to you know economic impact against somebody who ethically they just don't have the same standards i guess yeah. And, and, and look, just, you know, while we're talking about that, um, this month is, oh, let me get this right. I think it's fitness month or health and fitness month. Is um, it? Okay. And yeah, my, my, uh, uh, one of my business partners, Michael Levesque, um, uh, sits on the PPA, which is the physical, oh my gosh. Um, the PPA physical something association. They've just changed their name. It used to be the NCPPA. Anyway, he, he sits on this, uh, this group and he's running a, a, we as a team are running a my zone map challenge with uh, congressmen and their staff on Capitol Hill throughout the month of May. Very cool. Which is really cool. That is cool. Yeah. So we've got, yeah, we've got them with the new switch device that we launched about two w- weeks ago that switches between the chest and the wrist. We've donated all of them. We've got ourselves on on congressmen and congresswomen, um, and we've got them running a, a, a MET challenge. Beautiful. Um, and benefiting from uh, uh, gamification, and we're trying to get as many of them as possible to exceed the World Health Organization guidelines in physical activity, which is 150 minutes of moderate or 75 minutes of vigorous activity, which in our language at my zone is uh, uh, 150 minutes of the cool colors or 75 minutes of the hot colors of yellow and red. Um, and if we can show them that participating in exercise and, and being gamified and jumping the hurdle, um, can be fun, then maybe we can get top of mind. I love it. That's, that's good stuff. So let's, let's talk about the switch for a second. Um, you know, there was this big marketing push, uh, from your mm-hmm. company that pushed it out, you know, it out. Tell me, you know, cause I'm, we're all used to the, the bands here, right. Around the chest mm-hmm. and t- mm-hmm. tell us about the watch now what's going on there. Yeah. Okay. So the number one objection from the field for the first 10 years of being in business was operators like yourselves saying, you know what, I we're having great success with my zone with a certain group, but there's another group that just don't feel comfortable wearing a chest strap for various reasons. Some people, it's a perception, right? They don't even want to try it on the chest. They're like, no, I don't want a device around my chest. Um, other people might be overweight and they just couldn't get it to fit right because, you know, not to be too graphic, but, you know, fat rolls and whatnot and getting the, uh, the sensors to fit snugly. Um, uh, or it might have just been the shape of your rib cage and it, and it created a, a rubbing sensation. And so it was the number one objection. The number one request for um, product development was, my zone, when are you going to make something that's good for swimming laps, right? Because our chest strap because when you yeah. uh, would swim laps, you'd piss off. Yeah, you're stretching out like this yeah. with your arms and, and it would fall down your, uh, you know, the drag would make it fall down your, your, your torso, but also pushing off the walls would create even more drag. Um, and so that was the number one request. So we had both those drivers. And what we didn't want to do was we didn't want to say, okay, we've got a new product and it goes on the wrist. Because the problem with the wrist, like we've said for a decade now, is that it's far less accurate when you're doing non-rhythmical activity. It's accurate when you go jogging because um, the um, uh, optical blood flow measurement can pump that data into an algorithm and the algorithm can be fairly accurate um, in estimating or predicting what your heart rate is. Um, Also for riding a bike or going for a hike or whatever it may be. But as soon as you're non-rhythmical, right? Or you're clenching your fist. So think about picking up a kettlebell and swinging it and then doing burpees and then doing plyo box jumps and whatnot. Um, It's very hard to get an accurate measure. And so what we did was we conceptualized a device that you could switch from your chest to your wrist or your upper arm. The reason we have your upper arm, which is about, a, you know, really the, the rule is within an inch of your elbow either side. You can go there as well. Um, so there are three locations. The reason we've done that is that you, the user, can pick the best location. So if you're doing functional training, chest is best, and it always will be because the sensors are right up against the heart listening to the actual heart rate. But if you're swimming laps, guess what? 
go to the rest. If you're going for a hike uh, on Sunday or even just a bike ride with the kids and you're about to run out and get on the mountain bike and they're getting their bikes and you ordinarily might not grab your MyZone belt, now you'll be more encouraged to get the device to put it on your wrist because it's really easy and it's a, um, you know, it's a moderate workout. Um, we've got people on social media coming back saying, this is great. I'm earning so many more METs now. You know, when I wash the car, I just put the little yeah. wrist device on and I start washing the car and I earn myself some METs. So that's why we did it. We, we tried to be inclusive with the product development and um, uh, bring more people into the tent. Uh, and also for those that are under the tent already, uh, help them record more METs um, than, than they are um, uh, at the moment. So just to get this right, you would, you would wear one or the other, or you technically wear them both at the same time or no? Uh, good, yeah, good question. No, it's, it, you choose. Okay. It, it is one or the other. It is chest. So, so what it is, is a, um, uh, it, it, it comes with three, uh, and here I am running around to stay right there guys. Um, <laughs> I'm running off on screen, which is a no, no in TV. Yeah. We're there. Of course, this is an empty box. So we won't worry about it, but the, we'll send the image out on social. But the it's it's a black module, right? Which is smaller than the one that you're used to, okay? Right, so it's about half the size, and it will clip on your chest strap. Um, but it also comes with a wrist strap, so oh, okay. which is much smaller than the chest strap. You can unclip it from that, right, and not even use it on your chest. Clip it onto your wrist, ah. or the third one will clip on to a a medium sized band that would go on the upper arm. Got it. So there are three straps. And you pick based on what you're doing. You're using, you're, you're just taking the module thing off and relocating it, but it's the same module. Got it. Got it. That's right. And why operators like it is because now when they're selling my zone to their members, they can overcome that objection of, oh, I don't want to, um, no. you know, wear a chest strap. Yep. It's like, you know what, this one will fit anywhere. And then that member will start wearing it on her wrist, for example. Yep. And then she comes into small group training and it's like, you know what? Why don't you just try it on the chest? You've already purchased it. Yeah. So you're not objecting to the purchase. Just give it a try on the chest. Sure. And you know, and I know that the MyZone strap's actually comfortable. It's like wearing sunglasses or a cap or a pair of shoes. You just get used to it after sure a while. Sure you do, yep. Um, it's just the perception that it might be uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. So, well, very cool. Let, let me, let me bring up this. This has been a, a, a little bit of a contention and I, and I think other gyms mm -hmm. may feel this. So I might as well bring it up to the man. And I'd love to hear your answer on this. Um, we, we have different styles of training here. I mean, in, in a lot mm -hmm. of gyms, right? We have the metabolic conditioning style, which is maybe done in a mm -hmm. large group, call it boot camp, call it team training. Then we've yeah. got our semi-private which is strength training, a lot slower paced, a lot of rest periods, but we're lifting, you know, and the heart rate is different and on purposely different between the two styles of training. Uh, in mm -hmm. the past, we've had coaches uh, and I won't name names here, but also comes from other gyms like, well, it doesn't make sense for our clients to be wearing the MyZone when we're doing semi-private and they only, you know, think it's worthwhile for the metabolic mm -hmm. conditioning. I would love to hear your take on, on that because that's, that's driven some lower adoption because we've moved really heavy into semi-private and, yeah. and we don't want our clients up in the red and yellow zone all the time. We want them, you know, mm -hmm. at a moderate heart rate and in versus where we're in our boot camps, we do want to try to push the envelope a little bit. What, what What's your take there? Yeah, very good question. So, you know, typically there's two sides to working out, as you've alluded to, cardio and resistance, yep. right? And, and they're two very different things. Um, the actual truth is that lifting weights is also cardio mm -hmm. and no one gives it credit for being cardio. And we can prove that because when you put the MyZone device on and do a weight session, guess what? You're 45 minutes into it and you're in the blue zone and then you're up into the green. You might spike into yellow, but come back down again. And yes, you are predominantly in the blue, right? For, for example, um, but you earn MEPS out of it and your heart was working throughout that workout. So our message is to look at strength work as additive to your cardio. So if we're writing a program for you, it involves both resistance and cardio. And yes, um, you get more MEPS doing um, uh, doing cardio and going for a run and being in the yellow zone and whatnot. But doing your resistance work is important and it helps you top up 
the points that you're going for uh, because it's also cardio. So, so uh, reframing it so it's additive and not deductive is, is the first thing. Um, the other thing is if you're making a pivot at your club to say, hey, it's less about Metcon now, you know, that fad sort of came and went. Now we're sort of moving into this small group training with a lot more uh, resistance work. Then rather than having MEP challenges where it's about getting the most amount of MEPs, um, control, it's like a commission structure. Just control what you're doing. So it might be that you say, hey, we just want you to earn 1,300 MEPs per month, right? We don't want you earning 3,000. We just want you earning 1,300. And we're going to get that 1,300 by a little bit of resistance, a little bit of cardio, and a little bit of homework. You know, on the weekend, we want you to go for that hour-long bike ride or that 45-minute jog or whatever it may be. Um, and as long as you jump the hurdle every month, then that's a win as far as we're concerned. And um, guess what? Doing resistance work will get you points as well. And then start rewarding longevity. So our status ranking at MyZone, um, as you probably know, is about stringing 1,300 MEPs back to back to back to back to back and making it consecutive. One month in a row is iron, three months in a row is bronze, six months is silver, so on and so forth. Gold is 12 months. And if you drop a month and you do not earn 1,300 MEPs, then you get punished for that and you fall back. Um, you know, in your case, that, that might be the focus yeah. now. You know, yeah. let, let's not shoot for the stars in terms of height. Let's shoot for length um, and, and meet your, uh, your quota every month. Yeah. Hey, Tim Lance here, and I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone out there surviving the day-to-day chaos of the fitness business. You know, you're showing up every day and you got people counting on you. I know it's not easy, but you're doing it, so keep on going. But listen, if you feel like it's getting to be too much and you wanted to get some support so you can get out of the struggle and get into real growth, then I highly recommend that you check out our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program at winninggym.com slash grow. Go check it out, sign up, and let's get you on track for some easy wins and get back to growth mode. All right, once again, the link is winninggym.com slash grow. And now back to the show. I like I, I think, like that take on it. Yeah, I mean, as he was explaining that to me, I took it as the technology itself is, I mean, the data is what's important. You know what I mean? So just as much as shooting for that red in a workout, mm-hmm. in a boot camp, we should emphasize the fact that we want we want to be in the blue throughout most of that semi-private so that we're not pushing MedCon when we don't want to push MedCon. And we're focusing on, you know what I mean? Because all we got to do is change the target of what our client's goal is. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be they'll be working towards that. You know what I mean? It's the it's yeah. a reframing of total, you know, burn over time, highest. If once you reframe that. I mean, the rest of the yep. is a string in and out. Yeah. I like the longevity instead of going high, go long. Um, yeah. And then th- this is the other thing that has happened. And we've had these clients that, that latch on and, and they won't let go mm-hmm. to thinking more is better when we all know mm-hmm. we need to have rest days and things like that. In fact, we, we had a challenge. It's been over a year ago, like this happened where we put the challenges mm-hmm. up on the, on the board and they had like to go through these, these, it was, we, we did, it was called um, the amazing race. I remember this. It was the amazing yeah. race. We had a map of the world and each, you know, you had teams. It was awesome. Maps were involved and then you'd have to go to like mm-hmm. Australia and do like, you know, whatever, you know, pull the alligator out of the, you know, out of the swamp. Yeah. And we had to pull sleds and it was, it was a blast. But we well, crocodile. But anyway, we'll, we'll move. That's on. right, crocodile. <laughs> my, my croc Dundee. But but uh, what happened was we would have clients that we would because we're a twenty four hour gym and we would see them in here at ten at night in doing these things, trying to and they were killing themselves because mm-hmm. they're very competitive. And then yep. you know the maps were part of it, so they're trying to go and beat everybody, and they ended up kind of like burning out, obviously it's going to happen. Yeah. Again, I, I, and I'm guessing your, your uh, response here would be communication, obviously, but have you, have you heard this before where people are maybe working too hard uh, because of the maps? Yeah. Yeah. It was, I I still remember a a challenge way back in 2012 or 13 at Chelsea Piers in Manhattan. Um, And there were two females, both of them high achieving women, right? One of them an investment banker, the other one a lawyer. 
and it was a two horse race. So there were 2000 people in the challenge and it turned into a two horse race within a week. Yeah. Right. And these, these ladies were taking Swiss balls home, you know, Pilates balls yeah. and sitting on them whilst typing throughout the day, right. At, at their office to keep their heart rate up in the gray zone, like the, yeah. the as in the fifties or the blue zone in the sixties, just to get more, uh, more maps. And, and that's not healthy, of course. Um, and so our best yeah. practices are to turn around and it's the way you design the challenge itself. Um, so challenges that work really well are where you say, Hey, look for every 100 maps that you earn, you get one ticket into the raffle, right? And, um, uh, you can earn up to 50 tickets into this raffle, right? So that would imply 5,000 maps, right? So one ticket per hundred yeah. times 55,000 and, and, and then, you know, after that, no, you can't go on and earn 6,000, 7,000, 8,000 maps and get more tickets into the raffle. And what I like about that model is that it's, again, very inclusive. Like I said earlier, um, you've got Mrs. Jones, who's a, a new beginner, and 1,300 maps to her is, uh, uh, is, is she's just not used to it, um, but she can earn 500, 600, 700 and still get some tickets into the raffle. But her son, who's been working out at the gym for five years now, he can go on and earn 3,000 maps and earn 30 tickets into the raffle. And he's rewarded because he's got more raffle tickets, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't necessarily win the prize. That's great. Yeah, Um, very cool. And it keeps everyone engaged. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, I mean, what what you've done here, Emmett, with this the habits and the gamification is it's. I mean, at the gym level, you're not seeing it other than maybe you, and I'm sure there's more out there, but I don't I don't really look too hard. To be honest, you probably know who competitors are. I know I know mm-hmm. Orange Theory's got this whole the, their whole business plan is around the heart rate, and I'm sure they've got yeah. something. I don't know what they're using, but. It, it, yeah, they look, they do their own and, and they see what they're doing just very quickly. They do splat points, right? So they, they have their own system. They source it from China and, and, and whatnot. They, they needed to do that. And, um, they reward just the orange zone, right? Orange theory. And I don't want to, I'll misquote here, but I think it's between, you know, uh, gee, 82 and, and 87% or something like that. I, I'm, I'm making it up, but it's something like that. A little window. And that's where you get points. You don't get points below it and you don't get points above, above it. it. Okay. And so it's not inclusive of small group training and resistance, yep. for example. Yep. It's not inclusive of going for that bike ride with the kids when you're in the blue zone, just cruising along, but it's a two-hour bike ride to have a picnic and whatnot. It's not inclusive of washing the car. It's not inclusive of doing steady-state cardio on, on, uh, on the cross-trainer. Um, why? Because they're selling Orange Theory. They're selling... Metcon. Yes. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Well, great. I mean, uh, what, what's next for you guys? Uh, you did the switch, which was a big, a big deal. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else coming up that we should be aware of? Uh, well, look, no, that's the big focus for us right now. Um, we, we do have, um, coming out and I, I don't want to misspeak because it's under, under wraps, but we, we do have, um, uh, I'm going to say in the next 60 to 90 days, an announcement around uh, virtual content with our MZ Remote Plus. And so that is virtual content for working out at home that we're uh, pumping into the smartphone app so that your members, if they're at home, can go to the library, uh, sorry, go to the schedule and book a time because they are scheduled on the hour every hour. Uh, 24 hours a day okay. and they can sit there and say, look, I can't get to the gym today, but I can squeeze in a 30 minute session at home. Um, and it might be a, a yoga based one, or it might be a, uh, you know, functional training based one. Um, uh, and they can select it, book in, um, and supplement their workout regime with that. So, so watch this space. It's not designed to replace group exercise. It's designed to help members, uh, with their frequency, because we know that frequency is a driver of retention, right? Yes. That, that's a strong, strongly correlated. Um, and ideally they would come to the gym and they would check in and they would get a visit. But sometimes because life gets in the way, they run out of time. And in that case, they have to uh, cancel their workout. 
But now, since COVID, everyone's used to working out at home. Now, through the MyZone app, they will have a, an option to, to say, you know what, I'll get in a, a cheeky workout at home. It will supplement what I'm doing, and it's essentially another visit. Um, and uh, uh, as we know, more visits leads to more attention. Um, so we'll be announcing that shortly. Okay, so I apologize because I'm not, I don't know the answer to this. When somebody is, can can general population buy MyZone not through a gym? Uh, yes, you can go to our website. Okay. Um, uh, you can go to our website, you can purchase a device and you can become a part of the, the corporate account. Okay. Because yep. I remember when we first bought it, it was very cool because they would come back to the gym to upload their content. Mm -hmm. Remember this? And mm -hmm. it, yeah. it was kind of like this, getting people back into the gym, even when they yeah. went on a hike over the weekend, now they're uploading their, their maps and everything. That's not the case mm -hmm. anymore, right? That wasn't, that's not happening. Well, no, no, because they can upload it uh, in about 2016 and we bought in Bluetooth. So you could upload it through your phone okay. because it, it just got, Bluetooth just became so common that we, we needed to go there. But before that, no, it was about coming back into the gym. But let me hit on that point, Tim. What we're not doing is we're not offering MZ Remote Plus to everyone. It's up to the operator to switch it on. Got right? it. So if the operator wants to hybridize, right, and offer some digital solution to complement their brick and mortar, they can turn around to MyZone and they can upgrade to that um, and they can have that offering throughout. The, and then the we can turn and turn monetize that on our end, right? We, like with a monthly that's fee. Right. Oh, well, that that's exactly right. Okay. Very, that's good. I mean, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. I was just trying to, yeah, we're not, we're not going out. We're not going out across the top and, 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 and jumping in front of you. No, not, not at all. It would be your, it would be your call. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, you got to go there because look what else is out there. Every, every, I mean, you, you mentioned Amazon and I think this was mm -hmm. on Amazon I'm flipping through looking for movies with my daughter. And I look on the bottom for like 99 cents. You can buy a workout mm -hmm. on Amazon yeah. prime. I was like, what yeah. the hell is going on? <laughs> it's, it's, right. So you've got that, you got everything else from the online trainers and the mm -hmm. the pelotons of the world and the beach parties of the world now amazon's there with, with that my zone you're here with it but on top of that all of that <clears throat> and we should do a whole nother podcast about this but you've got apps like 75 hard which is taking the mm -hmm. world by storm that's a 499 yeah. app that that's a whole challenge that's another competitor to the brick and mortar mm. As if it yeah. wasn't hard enough, we've got all of this yeah. on top of it. But uh, I like, I, I, you know, I, I, sorry to interrupt there, Tim. I, I actually look at it and think that um, a lot of this will be a feeder to what we do, right? Mm -hmm. As in, one of the reasons people don't come into the gym is physique anxiety, right? They don't think they look, you know, it's that classic comment of, oh, join the gym. I just need to lose 10 pounds. I've heard it. I've heard right? it. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. So there's physique anxiety. Then there's athletic anxiety, which means, oh my God, I would not know what to do if I walked up to one of those machines or one of these kettlebells. I just wouldn't even know what to do with it. So that anxiety is keeping them out of our gyms. But if we can get them doing some body weight exercises through the Chris Hemsworth app or through um, Fitbit or whoever, Daily Burn, you name it, if they can start doing some push-ups and some mountain climbers and all of a sudden they're doing some burpees and some high knees, they start feeling more comfortable um, with the, the premise. And guess what? Then they get bored of doing it in the kitchen. Yep. Then they want some variety. Then they want some real leadership. So I see digital as being a real feeder and, and, you know, in disruptive strategy, that, that's exactly what happens. These traditional expensive solutions like a gym, yes, they fly up market, um, but disruptive uh, technologies, uh, in, in this case, let's call it virtual fitness, will permeate down and will reach in an affordable way, um, will reach uh, the masses, and then they will convert and come upstream. So I'm, I'm bullish about it more than, than bearish about it. Um, and I think the reason that Apple and Amazon and Google are, are getting into the space, they've got a much bigger play, but of course it's about big data. And the more data points that yeah. you've got, the more predictive you can be. Um, and they want to be predictive because they want to get five minutes in front of you and know exactly what to sell you 
or know exactly what to say to you to save you cancelling something else. Um, and and take uh, take Apple. You know, Apple's got Apple TV. Um, they've got Apple Music. Uh, they've got Apple Fitness Plus. They can now bundle all that in yeah. for one fee, and I forget what they call it, but it's a um, uh, it is a bundle where you sign up to the bundle and you've got a bit of everything. And guess what? You might stop working out, but you're still listening to Apple Music, so you're not going to cancel the bundle, yep. right? Yep. And 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 so now they're getting they're getting retention out of recurring revenue, and that's driving the value of their business. So. I heard, yeah. I heard years ago that that's actually like the, the, their foundational business model is to, is to have more reoccurring credit cards on or more cards on reoccurring than any organization in the world. That's under yeah. driving all of their product creation, innovation, all of it. It's just that reoccurring. Yeah. Model. Well, I yeah. mean, you look at software of years and years ago where you'd go buy, you know, Microsoft Office 2009 and you had it in a box mm. and you owned it. And you know, you know, you only upgrade if it stopped working or if there was some big release. Now it's all subscription based. The whole, the whole mm-hmm. thing, you know, Adobe Premiere. That's all. I mean, all that whole bundle is all subscription based. Used to buy. Remember, used to buy it from the software store or bus Best Buy or wherever. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. One different color. And I tell you what, as an industry, we were the ones right out on the cutting edge yeah. with recurring. These guys. Right? It was. Uh, Check Free, do you remember the company Check Free? I forget who they got purchased by, but they were the very first billing company in the, in fitness the world industry, out yeah. of America. And the reason they were called Check Free, and this is back in uh, 1980, around that time, um, the reason they were called Check Free is because gym operators used to sell a 12-month membership, and for those that couldn't afford to pay in full, they would um, write out 12 Check, separate yeah. checks and backdate them all and hand over 12 checks, one for January, one for February, yep. one for March and so on. And the operator would drop them in shoe boxes and once a month would get the, mar- you know, the March shoe box and walk down to the bank and cash all, cash all the checks. Seems crazy now. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure there's things we're doing today that are going to be thought of crazy, you know, in 10 years from now. So that's awesome. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hell, this was a great, great little show. Kind of went all over the place, but, uh, but I know your time's busy, Emmett, and I, I appreciate you jumping on and, and sharing yeah, some insights. You. Always, always a pleasure. And uh, I'm not sure when you're back in the U S maybe you don't know, or. Yeah. Ursa, October coming back for the Ursa show in Dallas, Texas. It's just been moved. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to it. Very cool. Maybe well, if I'm out there, mm-hmm. you never know. I never know where the hell I'm going to be, yeah. but uh, we'll run into each other again. I'm sure. We will. Appreciate your time, Emmett. Thanks for uh, for joining us on the Built to Grow podcast. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate it. All right. We'll see you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Built to Grow podcast where we help gym owners win. Now, do you want to connect with me and other gym owners online? All you got to do is join our private Facebook group, Marketing Talk with Fitness Professionals right now. Just head on over to Facebook and type in Marketing Talk with Fitness Professionals. And when you join, we're going to give you free access to our 10 fitness marketing strategies, seven-figure gym owners use to win. All right, I look forward to you joining us next time on the Built to Grow podcast. Keep building something great.